Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, January 19th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Matt Baxendale. Bax, a lot of Ohio State players are coming back for another season. I mean, guys, most of these guys I thought would come back, should come back. But the fact that they are coming back is obviously great news. We already knew Cam Brown, the fifth-year senior corner, is coming back. But over the last week, since you and I last talked, Zach Harrison announced he's coming back. Dewan Jones is coming back. I was told yesterday Noah Ruggles is coming back, the most accurate kicker in Ohio State history, at least for one season. Brad Robinson's coming back as the long snapper for a seventh year. Very good developments here. Yeah, I mean, I, I never thought I'd say, hooray, the kicker's coming back, but hooray, the kicker is coming back, baby. Uh, you know, he's, I would argue, the best kicker we've had since the days of the great Mike Nugent. So, the Ruggles return is a big deal to me, and obviously getting DeWan Jones back is a big deal. You're very, 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 very likely to see him and Paris Johnson as the, uh, as the two tackles next season on uh, the Ohio State offensive line. So I, I have to think that that's a big deal, too. Zach Harrison, man, if he can ever put together all these physical gifts and, and, and figure out the whole actual playing defense side of it, I, I, there's a ton of potential there. So who knows? Maybe under Jim Knowles, he'll, he'll blossom. I'm glad to have him back, too. I don't think he really had a choice either, though. I mean, he wasn't going to be a high draft pick. So come back and try to fulfill some of that five-star promise. Another spring of all the, all the boarding house stories about how Zach Harrison gets it coming up, I guess. But anytime you bring back experience, <laughs> it's a good thing, right? <laughs> it definitely is, man. I mean, even a guy like – I mean. Brad Robinson, people don't probably haven't heard his name. He's been the starting long snap for the last two years, and no one's heard his name because he's been perfect. I love even something like that, that he's coming back for a seventh year. Brad Robinson, who started a young man from Michigan. His brother played for the Wolverines. He played for Michigan State his first season in college. Um, I believe he registered that year in 2016, and now he's been with the Buckeyes for what will now be his sixth year. I even love that. You know, the Buckeyes have a now what will be a third-year starting long snapper coming back. This is how sick I am. Dude, end of the day, we live in a very strange time. We may never see again with this level of experience with everybody getting the extra year because of COVID, right? You're going to have, like, Chris Wankies all over the country by the time this is all said and done with all the guys who are getting those extra years. So, you know what? Take advantage while you have it and kind of – ride out as long as you can before the NCAA scholarship limit sort of works its way back down to 85 once the COVID year kind of is out of effect. And at this point, if you're Ohio State, you got to – all hands on deck for next season. Everything is focused on next season. It's already natty or bust next season. So bring it. Get as much loaded for bear as you can, and let's go hunting. Let's talk D-tackle. Jerron Cage is one name that – another guy that I – you know, I was thinking, okay, he would, he'd be a sixth year senior. He could come back technically. Will he come back? I don't believe he's made it official yet, but I'm hearing Jerron Cage will come back for a sixth year at D tackle. I love that. Teron Vincent will be back as a fifth year senior. We know that. Tyleek Williams, who played great early in the season and 
must have been doghouse issues. He wasn't hurt. Uh, it definitely wasn't performance. Uh, and then finally played a lot in the Rose Bowl. He's coming back. Mike Hall, I'm bullish on him. Ty Hamilton. I mean, dude, if Jerron Cage comes back, I mean, they could be pretty loaded at D-tackle. Honestly, the biggest issue you're going to run into here is the depth may result in too many reps being spread around when you have some guys that absolutely have to be in the field. You know, we talk about Jerron Cage and Teron Vincent and all these other guys. Tyleek needs to play. Tyleek absolutely needs to play, period. And I'm not saying he needs to play every snap. That's a lot of physical wear and tear on the guy. But we can't have games where Tyleek Williams is getting 30% of the snaps again. Hell no. That guy or, needs to be on I the think field. he got two snaps against Michigan or something ridiculous like yeah, that. Yeah, which is idiotic when your line was on skates. But that's why the entire D staff outside of LJ got fired. But <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, you have, have JTT. You got Jack Sawyer. I'm glad Zach Harrison's back and all of these. Javante Jean-Baptiste and all these other guys, right? But, like, dude, those two need to play because they're the best D linemen we have. Like, all these seniors returning, it's kind of like, yay, but I hope you guys do a lot more than you did last year because the best D linemen were freshmen. And you've got some more D linemen coming in who are going to try to earn that PT. So, end of the day, like, yay, they're back, and I hope they have a positive impact, and you never know how much depth you'll need, and yada, 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 yada. But they better not take too many snaps away from the boys who need to play, and that's JTT, that's Sawyer, and that's Tyleek. Dax, I think the Buckeyes made a very great and under-the-radar hiring on their defensive staff. My goodness, we, when we thought they uh, were done adding to their defensive staff, they were not. They have now added Matt Guerreri. Matt Guerreri was Duke's co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach for the last few years. He's an Ohio native. He was a graduate assistant at Duke under Jim Knowles, who's now Ohio State's defensive coordinator, Matt Guerreri, I think this is fantastic. He is coming to Ohio State as senior defensive advisor and analyst, basically like what Paul Rhodes did, but on steroids. I'm sure he's going to be getting – we'll see what he's going to be getting paid. This is kind of like a new thing. It's not just an analyst, and you're using that. It's senior defensive advisor and analyst. Uh, I imagine he would not have left Duke as co-defensive coordinator or safeties coach unless he was getting some decent coin here. But besides the money, man, I, I mean, I, you know, I don't really care about that. I love this hiring. Dude, we're finally doing what Ohio State should have been doing for years. How many years have we complained that Bama has like a shadow staff every year, right? They're like, oh, yeah, well, that guy was a D coordinator and that guy was a D coordinator and they're all graduate assistants this year. Yeah, right. This is Ohio State using its money to flex. And by the way, it's a great gig if you're one of those coaches who maybe wants to take a year away from recruiting because you can't technically recruit. Bringing this guy in is uh, now the third guy who's technically not on the staff with Knowles bringing some former Oklahoma State guys with him as well that are going to be functioning as analysts, as that shadow staff. And this is creating alignment. This is creating resources for players to learn the new system. This will accelerate the learning curve for everybody who has to be part of this new scheme. I think this is absolutely fantastic. When you're Ohio State and money is not an issue when it comes to coaching talent, and you can just poach a co-defensive coordinator from a Power 5 program to not even be a full-time on-staff coach, technically, even though we know that's what he's going to be in everything but name. Uh, the reality is that's what you should be doing. Bama's blown plenty of money to get these extra analysts and get these guys in here. And if there's staff turnover, you got somebody ready-made to take a position in a year. Good. This is what we should be doing. I like it. I like it a lot.
And even though everybody's like, oh, yay, it's a guy from Duke. Dude, it's another voice that understands this defense that's going to help create that alignment and teach these kids exactly what to do. So by the time the games roll around, they're playing, not thinking. Yeah, and not only does he have experience like being a co-defensive coordinator at the Power 5 level, there's no way Jim Knowles would advocate for him coming in unless Jim Knowles thought he was really good after you know Jim Knowles got a chance to work with him for a while. Absolutely love it. And very well said. I like what you said there as far as, quote, finally doing what Bama has been doing. Very well said, my friend. A couple more things will get you out of here. Do you want me to ask you about Amari Abor first? Or do you want me to ask you about Jim Harbaugh first? Let's end with the funnier one. So let's go down to Texas first. Okay. Amari Abor, do you think he's definitely a Buckeye or are you concerned? I think at this point he's very, very, very highly likely to be a Buckeye. But you never know until it's all said and done with those Texas people, as we've learned this past year. Uh, when Aggie and, and, and the Longhorns are tossing around, the kind of oil money that they are down in the heart of Texas, you never know. But that said, Abor picked Ohio State knowing about all that oil money. And the Aggie guys at the at the All-American Bowl or Under Armour game, whichever one he was at with them, were all surprised and let down when he didn't go. So even if Aggie ups their offer, if you will, uh, I have to think that uh, Abor is going to have a lot of trouble not ending up at Ohio State. LJ's still here. And they're bringing in the best defensive coordinator in the Southwest last season. So I feel pretty confident still on him. And by the way, how wild is it we're talking about like recruiting and we're just openly saying, yeah, well, you know, Aggie has more money probably waiting for him. <laughs> like think about how crazy that would have been a couple of years ago. Remember how the Auburn people hated me for calling them to the mat on that 10 years ago. And now we're like, yeah, well, you know, spending all that money in recruiting because it's a fact of life. It's so crazy to me. I'll give Jimbo credit. I mean, like it was always, we always knew it went on, but he even said like, okay, well, you know, th this has always happened. It's just now like out of the shadows, like even yeah. like admitted. Yeah. I mean, like, like, you know, like, like that was breaking news. Like, every, like did anybody not see the uh, SMU documentary? Did anybody not follow college football in general for the last several years? Everybody knows back down South. Seriously. I mean, I mean, every program, let's just be real. Every program it, does it. Yep. It's a different game down south. You I know agree. They say it matters more down there. It means they have a higher budget. I will never <laughs> forget Bill Conley, former Ohio State uh, recruiting coordinator, tight ends coach, longtime head Ohio high school head coach. He was the head coach at Ohio Dominican. I'll never forget him telling me and Steve Hellwagon. Uh, everybody cheats, but Auburn does it better than anybody. <laughs> and just the SEC in general. All right, we'll get no, you out of here. No, Auburn is the school, the SEC schools all look at and go damn they're dirty like <laughs> until now until now until now a&m's like we're gonna raise your ante no 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 auburn now can turn that around and say we are the most experienced so <laughs> problem is there's more money in texas than alabama by a long shot as yeah we, exactly. as we are as we are finding out right before our eyes so much for those casino gift cards auburn ha all those texas people are are, are mobilizing their like massive tech billions to be able to start getting good football back down there at Aggie and Longhorn. So it'll be really interesting to see though, whether Ohio state brings the financial acumen to the table that we think they will, which by the way, we haven't mentioned that with Abor, but uh, since he committed, that was when Schottenstein and, and, and Dolo 12 gauge decided to come out and be like, yeah, we're paying our guys too. Don't you worry. I'm sure Cardale has had a 
hey, welcome to OSU. Let me help you out, my friend. Call with him already. <laughs> we should have them on the podcast or something and talk about it. Oh, wait, we I, did that. Wait, I feel like Bucknuts was on top of that already, weren't we? Yeah, I feel like, I feel like we were. All right, as sure. promised, like- we'll get you out of here on a very happy topic. Listen, I mean, obviously the Bengals beat the, the Raiders as everybody expected, and it wasn't it didn't come cl- down to the wire or anything. Of course it did. Even though the Bengals were up 20 to six in the first half, they had to make it interesting, but the Bengals did advance. Very happy about that, but I'm not here to gloat about who day or anything. Okay, I kind of am, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh. All seriousness, what do you think will happen if you had to bet your house? Is he going to be the Raiders coach or is he going to stay at Michigan? First of all, I wanted to point out that for the first time in the history of human civilization, you could finally text somebody last week and say the Bengals won a playoff game. There, there it they is. They hadn't won one since text messaging was invented in there, 1992. I know. You didn't need to repeat yourself. You brought that up last week, and I did text no, you. No, I, I feel and like by it's the way, that all how did your, people How know. did your Steelers do against the, the team the Bengals just beat Better with than relative I ease? Oh, yeah. I thought we they were going to get sent down really? Marino style. They lost by 21. Go ahead. What's going to happen with Harbaugh? I thought we were going to lose by 55, so that's a win for me. Anyways, um, Harbaugh's not leaving. Let's be real here. I think he's trying to jump out of Michigan when his stock is at the highest it possibly can be because he knows as well as everybody else that this isn't a repeatable season for him. Uh, the, the, the problem is, is the Raiders head coach did a really good job in the interim getting them to where they did. I don't think they expected that. And I, I just – I doubt Harbaugh goes, and if he does go, I think they're dumb enough to hire Josh Gaddis which would be even funnier. But at, at the end of the day, I, I don't think Harbaugh is going anywhere. And frankly, he shouldn't. Because, But here's the thing. If there ever was a coach who was enough of a snake to sneak out one win and then bolt, it's Jim Harbaugh. This is the same guy who folded last year and wouldn't play the game, has managed to play the last two games in Ann Arbor because of a pandemic that's once every 100 years. So I hope he doesn't leave, but I don't think he's going to leave, I think is my attitude on this one. I, I don't think that the NFL option is, is as realistic as he wants it to be. And I think part of this, too, is him angling for yet another raise. Because remember, he signed a donkey contract last year, which was essentially an acknowledgement that they didn't have the money to fire him and he had no other job prospects. So to me, I, I think there's a lot more going on here than Harbaugh just getting ready to leave for the NFL. If he does leave for the NFL, though, shame on him. And I will laugh when Michigan hires Gaddis because you know that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Great stuff from the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column every Sunday on Bucknuts. It is the bucket. It is must-read material. Thanks again to Bax. Thanks to all the listeners out there for doing the show. We appreciate that very much. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Hootay. Hootay.